episode eight. How you doing, David? I'm doing pretty good, Josh. How you doing? Doing well, doing well. Uh, so this week, we are going to uh, talk about Rockstar Games. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, you're probably the, the most successful video game company in the world. Uh, I'd, I would probably say uh, next to, you know, if we were going to talk about somebody like Nintendo or Sony or like that. But yeah, but Rockstar is like the most notable uh, uh, of our United States, Western, Eastern people. Yes, I totally, do, totally agree with that. Right. So especially for a developer that doesn't create their own system yes. as well. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this is a um, especially uh, important night because we're just a couple hours away from the release of Red Dead Redemption Two. Yes, a uh, very highly anticipated game for the uh, 2018 holiday season. Uh, reviews came out uh, this morning, uh, mostly nines and tens. Yep, and even the reviews that you know don't add a, a numerical score are uh, pretty positive. Uh, talking about the open world, the story, uh, just overall immersion of the game. So we've talked a lot about the game off mic and what we're expecting. Uh, tell me how you feel about it when you look at the trailers and read the reviews. For Red Dead, uh, for the second one that's coming out uh, here in just a couple hours, right? Yes, sir. Okay, uh, so I think it's going to be the game that sets up, well, this is our new high watermark that we have for open world experiences. Uh, Rockstar is always trying to top themselves uh, with each release that they have, especially with you know Grand Theft Auto 3. Uh, they did it again with Grand Theft Auto 4, uh, especially with Grand Theft Auto 5. Uh, Red, Dead, Red Dead Redemption 1 was great because they took all that and they threw it into a Western setting. So now we have it to where they, they can expand and, and work on it. It's been seven to eight years of work, and it's it's going to be an amazing experience. Uh, they, there's going to be so many nuances and details and things that they're working on, uh, so many different people that are you're going to be able to interact with. Um, it's, I think they've, they've pretty much honed on to what the direction the open world needs to be. Okay. So you think it's going to set a new bar for the industry and specifically open world games and uh, maybe even action games as a whole? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, if it's setting the new bar, what was the bar before that? Grand Theft Auto Five? Uh, GTA Online or Grand Theft Auto Five? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think last year the newest Zelda game came out. And a lot of people were saying that set a new bar uh, for, I guess, the limitless exploration. Like anything you could see, you could go there. But if you play that game, it's got a relative emptiness to it. It does. Like, like you're not interacting with things every few feet like you would in Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, so one of the um, highly touted aspects of the game is that it's a very long game. And it's clocked in at about 60 to 65 hours. Uh, I've seen some people say that it was almost 70 hours, too. Yeah. And that's probably more what my speed will be because I'm not a particularly fast yeah. player. I like to explore things and take my time, uh, probably die five or six times mm -hmm. um, at least. Uh, do you think that's too long for a game? It depends on how much you want to be wrapped up in that type of situation. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 1, the first game, uh, really gave us a, a relatable world. Um, everybody likes the Wild West. Uh, it's always really interesting to be able to go back and look at it. And their interpretation of it was really, really, really cool. Um, if they did the same thing they did with the first game, with the second game, I think maybe 70, 80 hours, people would probably be about right. Okay. And what it feels like to me is that it's not really just a game. Uh, it feels like something almost akin to you know, the Sims or Second Life in a way where you're sure you're um, plopped into this world and you're given a name and a character, but you're making all these choices 
and you're almost living as this person, you know, for that, you know, 60 to 80 hour experience. Would you made, uh, mention that the, you actually have to do certain activities to be able to, um, you, uh, was on the quick tip that you said that you had to bathe to be able to attract people or you had to do, um, certain side missions to be able to do certain things or, or if you ate too much, you would get overweight. Uh, I mean, so all that stuff kind of is uh, related to like what the, the Sims and everything is too. Right. So you even have, um, uh, to do something, you know, which is kind of cool. It's like you have a horse in the game at all times. And if your horse dies, you have to get a new one. Yeah. Uh, kind of like real life. And you actually, <laughs> you have to name your horse. What would you I name think, your horse? I'm going to name mine Phil. Phil. Come here, Phil. I like it. That's a good choice. Yeah, uh, I enjoy uh, giving animals human names. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, you know, thought about naming it Dave, but I decided <laughs> not to do that. <laughs> um, so uh, let's just say you know, you're kind of into more of a mobile space right now. Yes. Uh, but if you had a PS4 or an Xbox One, is this something you'd want to play? I, I think so because uh, uh, I have a uh, connection with Westerns anyway, uh, and I think that Rockstar did it justice on the first game. Um, I just don't know if I'd be able to sit down for that 70 or 80 hours to be able to really engross myself into the whole entire world because I feel like that I wouldn't be able to get into this or that or um, I would be able to overlook something and not get the full experience. So, Well, what I noticed uh, in some of the reviews I read that I could tell and some of them explicitly said that they did not finish the game. Right. Because that's imagine if you get this code two weeks before the game comes out. That's not enough time uh, to uh, get the game, uh, capture a video, and then write something. Yeah. That's just not enough time. So I'm not even expecting to finish the game until January or February, right. at least. Uh, so just uh, to summarize, I'm very excited about the game. I'm excited for you to see the game next yeah, week. I think it would be pretty cool. Uh, yeah. When uh, when we have it on our uh, on the 4K TV yes. uh, that we've got. And I think it's going to be a, a great experience. I think it's going to elevate the medium. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with um, the release, you know, coming up in a couple hours, and people are excited. Let's take a little bit of time to dive deep into the history of Rockstar Games and talk about their impact on the industry. How does that sound? All right, let's do it. Uh, so in 1998, um, Rockstar Games was um, founded as a subsidiary of Take Two Interactive, um, and that was from the ashes of the BMG Interactive company. Uh, that was founded by uh, Sam and Dan Hauser. Yes. And um, let's see. Uh, even before they became Rockstar, they published the original Grand Theft Auto in 1997. I know. That's crazy. It's I, I have a hard time imagining it. it's been that long since the very first Grand Theft Auto came out. Definitely. I mean, that's um, 21 years ago. Yeah. As we record this. Yep. So uh, if you look at Grand Theft Auto, that was a, a top-down driving experience. Yes, correct? it was. And so was Grand Theft Auto 2. And uh, so I, I think when people think about Grand Theft Auto, it really starts with Grand Theft Auto 3. Right. So tell me your recollection of playing Grand Theft Auto 3 for the first time. Uh, Grand Theft Auto 3 was... I'd come from uh, the the world of Dreamcast with Shinmu, uh, which uh, kind of had the same type of feeling because you were able to go anywhere, do anything you wanted to, but you had time constraints. Um, it kind of played off a little bit of it, uh, but you had a little bit more experience to be able to go out and do what you wanted to. Um, and it's it didn't feel like you, you had the shackles that were on you that you, Shinmu did. So uh, it was kind of nice to have that ability to be able to uh, roam in an open area uh, versus like what Shinmu had tried to do previously. But 
Rockstar really took the the ideal and 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 ramped it up and and it kind of made a new standard. So you would say that um, since Grand Theft Auto Three came out, which uh, I have listed as uh, two thousand one, yes, that changed the entire direction of the video game industry. You would say it does, yeah, because it, it that's where you're you're gonna have all the games that are tr- gonna try to emulate it from there out. Um, a lot of uh, games didn't know what type of direction they wanted to go. Uh, whether or not the maps were going to be open or what you could explore, but Grand Theft Auto just threw everything at it as you uh, as fast as you could, um, and everything kind of worked out. It's pretty cool. Okay, uh, so let's talk a little bit more about the company as a whole and uh, just their uh, current standing uh, in the industry right now. So they hold several studios. Yes. Uh, so let me name them off very quickly. They have Rockstar International. Uh, Rockstar Leeds, Rockstar Lincoln, Rockstar London, New England, North, San Diego, India, and Toronto. And previously, they held Vancouver and Vienna as well. And uh, some of the other notable franchises that they've created are, of course, Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead Redemption, and uh, the Midnight Club Racing series. Right. And uh, what are some of the other uh, games that you know they've come out that you enjoyed? Uh, they did Smuggler's Run, which was really cool. That was on the uh, PlayStation 2. Uh, and then they also did a Space Station Silicon Valley, which was on the N64, which was kind of like a, a precursor to the GTA that we have now. Uh, because you had the open world and then you also had the, the third-person experience that you had with the gun and being able to go around. And you could actually uh, jack cars in that game, too. It's just it wasn't to the extreme that Grand Theft Auto was. So, uh, I mean, you were picking up hints and, and ideals that Grand Theft Auto was going to be going in a certain direction. They just didn't know where to take it. Uh, until number three did get released in 2001. Okay. And then, uh, of course, uh, they had the uh, the Manhunt series uh, as well that was on um, uh, several consoles in yes. the early 2000s. Yeah, they were. Uh, did you ever engage with that series at all? I didn't. Uh, but I, I remember the controversy around it with Jack Trenton saying, you know, these are glorifying acts of, of people being able to be... It was all about being stuck in a prison and trying to execute somebody in the most glorious fashion possible. Um, and the second one, they actually had to tone it down so it wouldn't be an adult-rated game. You had uh, you you would have somebody come back and put something like you know like a bag over your head or something like that and execute somebody, but they would do it off camera. So that's the way they kind of skirted around, you know, be able to get the mature rating versus the adult rating. But it was never really my thing. Uh, I never really touched on the main hunt series. It never really seemed to be anything I would be interested in. It seemed a little grim. Yeah. Even by Rockstar Games standards. It was. Uh, now, what about Midnight Club? Uh, how did you feel about that series when compared to uh, some of the other street ra- racing series, such as uh, Need for Speed? Well, well, even Need for Speed or like Test Drive or, or other things like that, Midnight Club was never really on my radar until I got to Midnight Club 3 Dub Edition, uh, which really brought everything kind of together, and it, it felt like more like a cohesive game at that point. Uh, I, I kind of liked the night racing to be able to get from, uh, uh, you know, you didn't have like, structure that you had to be able to go to just as long as you hit your uh, certain checkpoints uh, all throughout the you game. Kind of like a, like a, kind of looked like exhaust yeah. going up uh, in the air. Yeah, it was a, or like a, a flare. They had like flares that were set out. So you would see the smoke that would come off of those flares. Uh, uh, a quick story about you and I. I remember when Midnight Club 3 first came out and um, it was on Xbox 360. I, I probably had to have been 16, 17. Yeah. Does that sound about right? That's about right. And we went to dinner for my birthday. And when I got home that night, my Xbox broke. Yep. 
Yep. And uh, you lent me your Xbox <laughs> so I could play Midnight Club 3. Yes. Uh, we're, um, we're Midnight Club Los Angeles. Uh, it's, it was L.A., yeah. Okay. Yeah, so there have been four. Yeah. Okay. So Midnight Club Los Angeles, which is a really underrated game in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah. So I borrowed your Xbox for a few months while we were getting mine fixed, and then I gave yours back, and it broke. And then it red ringed. Yes. So yeah. So. Uh, yeah, the good old red ring of death from the. I, uh, I thought maybe I'd be able to spread around it and be able to get away from it, but unfortunately, I was a victim too. See, I'd forgotten. Uh, I'd forgotten that it was uh, Midnight Club L.A. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to three, um, but if uh, for those of you that haven't played Midnight Club, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that haven't played it because it was, it was a little bit uh, niche. I would say, yeah. Uh, you know, especially in a time of um, Forza was probably kicking around. I think Forza in, was in, in the early days. Than club, yeah, at that point. Yeah, uh, so that was still kicking around. Of course, Gran Turismo and uh, the the fable Need for Speed, which and Test Drive in Test Drive Unlimited was coming around too with the open world. They had their standards. Uh, there was a lot of things coming up uh, at every angle, but a lot of people look fondly back on Rockstar's Midnight Club. Right, and uh, especially for games at that time that were in the racing genre, they were trying to uh, recreate the feeling of the first Fast and the Furious movie. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think Midnight Club gets enough credit for doing that. You're kind of creating that, um, for lack of a better word, because it's associated with Need for Speed, kind of an underground feel. Yes. Uh, where you know it, it felt illegal, as opposed to other games, it just felt like something that you were doing. But right. this felt like something you shouldn't be doing. Yep. Uh, based on the vibe of the games, uh, so I would love if they brought that series back. I don't expect them to. I don't know how they would be able to do it on modern consoles or like some of the other games that are out there now. Well, I feel like if they you kind of strip away some of the pomp and circumstance of the of Forza, um, and, and as much as we love Forza, it's mostly uh, prestige and premier vehicles. That's okay. I'll take it. <laughs> Uh, which I which I love, but if you kind of go back to more of a, a tuner style, but I don't think that even Fast and the Furious has moved on from racing. They have, so yeah. uh, I'm you know, not holding my breath on that one. It's part of its time, though. So it came at the right time for whatever was out there in the zeitgeist for everybody else. Yes. Uh, so let's talk for just a couple minutes about the original Red Dead Redemption. Uh, I believe it came out in 2010. Yes, and uh, the sales figures I found. Uh, so that it sold 13 million copies. That's impressive. Which I I bet it sold more. Uh, it, well, I wonder if it did because they released it too with the Undead Nightmares series. Right. So the, I'm, I'm curious about the Game like, of the Year edition. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I would think that more uh, digital sales and those physical sales would be more than what you're actually seeing on on the papers. Yes. Uh, so as you um, uh, eloquently put for us earlier it, it um, basically took the Grand Theft Auto style and applied it to the Old West yes that uh, open world uh, character driven story driven feel uh, but you're playing as uh, John Marsden and uh, you're a former outlaw you're trying to um, essentially erase the wrongs from his past so he can move on uh, and you come across um, a lot of temples from the Old West whether it be cowboys uh, people that work on farms and ranches, um, U.S. Marshals, uh, other outlaws. Uh, it's just a really beautiful game. And I played uh, for about two or three hours the other day um, on a, a modern setup of uh, Xbox One. Not so you one. played on the Xbox One. Uh, yes. Which uh, Microsoft has taken great lengths to make sure that they can upgrade the visuals that are on it too. So Yes. it. I would say that it's looks better than a... 
albeit small, but a small percentage of the games that are coming out now. Yes. Uh, with the upgraded uh, visuals in 4K. Uh, so if you have um, <clears throat> access either to a copy of it or playing on Game Pass, I mean, it's just, it's worth it. Yeah. Um, you know, especially with uh, number two coming out tomorrow and two is a prequel. So in a ideal world, you could you know, spend 100 hours in two and then go spend 100 hours in one. Absolutely. And never leave the house. Yeah. Just yeah, play those two it. games. That's all you need. Don't worry about it. Yep. Um, so let's um, turn our focus back to the uh, Grand Theft Auto series. Okay. Um, I'm just going to run off some sales numbers. And these are just projections uh, based on everything I've seen in different articles. Uh, so in 1997, Grand Theft Auto was released, uh, sold uh, 3 million copies. Uh, 1999, Grand Theft Auto 2 sold 2 million copies. 2001, Grand Theft Auto 3 uh, sold 14.5 million copies. 2002, Vice City sold 17.5 million. Uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas in 2004 sold 21.5 million copies. Uh, 2005, Grand Theft Auto Liberty City Stories sold 11 million copies. That's impressive on that one. Very much so. Yeah. Uh, 2006, Vice City Stories sold, uh, sold 6 million copies. Uh, 2008, Grand Theft Auto 4 sold 25 million copies. And I actually bet that figure is higher now. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see, 2009, Chinatown Wars sold 1.2 million copies. Yeah. Which, even for that, that's a pretty solid sales number on a... On a mobile only game? Well, correct? yeah, it was on Nintendo DS, yeah. Yeah, that's really good. That's crazy. Uh, for a, a mature video game on the DS. Yeah. Uh, so 2010, uh, Episodes in Liberty City, uh, that sold 3 million copies. And to date, the the, the White Whale, Grand Theft Auto V, has sold 95 million copies. I, I can't even imagine creating a game now that would be able to sell that much. Um I wonder if Rockstar themselves knew that they were going to be able to sell that many. Well, I think that they made a, a fantastic business decision, and I'm, I'm sure it wasn't a coincidence, that they released the game at the end of the PS3 and Xbox 360 lifecycle. Yeah. So that's how I played it originally, put my first 60 hours into the game, and then I rebought it the next generation Twice. Twice, yeah. So most people that loved it the first time rebought it. Right. Because they had the enhanced graphics, <clears throat> the GTA Online capabilities uh, that um, were evolving uh, with the new consoles. And, of course, uh, they um, allowed for a first-person mode. Yeah, which that, was, it, that was a big thing. Yeah, especially with the next-gen consoles that they had and the PC release. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and the PC release actually has like uh, more mods on it, too, to make it... like as realistic as you can be it's it's basically you can make it any game that you want you can it's almost like a a dev kit yeah and the that's how insane the game is on pc yeah uh so at this point it'll likely reach 100 million copies sold oh yeah absolutely Um, i don't see why i wouldn't i would say by the end of the year yeah uh, because it'll be bundled and um it'll go on sale again for the holidays and uh, there'll be renewed interest in rockstar yeah. You're welcome. Um, and at this point, it is already the single most valuable entertainment property ever. Yeah. And how much um, did you say that was worth? $6 billion. $6 billion. Yes. That's crazy, man. And uh, I was looking into the overall value of the companies that have developed and published the game. Uh, Take-Two Interactive um, is worth one point of 
sorry, $1.4 billion. Yeah. That's their company valuation. And then Rockstar uh, is worth $3.3 billion. Wow. And that figure is before the money from GTA 5 was taken into account. So it's probably worth even more. That's insane. Uh, now, what I will say about Rockstar is that they're no offense to Call of Duty. I like Call of Duty. There's a lot of people out there, and they put a lot of money into the game. But Rockstar really puts money into this. They do. I would say their games cost several hundred million dollars to make. Yeah. Probably at least two or three hundred million dollars. Absolutely. By the time they put in the uh, developmental time, uh, the marketing, the mocap, the writing, and then paying their regular staff. Uh, It's amazing what they do to to make these games. Now, let's um, turn a little bit to the darker side of the Grand Theft Auto story. Okay. Because what I remember was that I I would never even ask my parents to let me get Grand Theft Auto. There's there's just no way. Is there any particular reason why, though? Um, It it, it had a reputation. Yeah. Um, Now, you 90s kids out there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you'll remember the Mortal Kombat had a reputation. Mm-hmm. And then that tradition was passed on to Grand Theft Auto. Yes, it was. Because Grand Theft Auto was seen as just this nasty, violent, killing, hooker-killing video game. And in a lot of ways, it was. Yeah. Uh, so I had a more, I guess, strict upbringing where we didn't really... Um, engage with that kind of content, whether it was movies, TV, or video games. Yeah, we tried to uh, at least try to play the better games that didn't seem like they straight down the path of being too extreme or too too bad at that point. But here's the truth, and it's probably the same truth for a lot of people out there. I played at other people's houses. That's right, and that's and that made it exciting. Yeah, you know whether it, some of three, a lot of Vice City and a lot of San Andreas. Hmm. And um, by the time four and five came out, there were so many other controversial video games that didn't really register. Yeah. So what do you remember about that time and how people felt about Grand Theft Auto? Well, it always seemed like it was in the the news and it was, everybody wanted to call it like the murder simulator or like the, uh, uh, the car stealing simulator. There was a lot of misinformation at that time. Nobody really knew how to kind of form their own opinion. Instead, they were relying on uh, buzzwords or like headlines and like all this fear and mongering that was going around is crazy. Um, instead of actually sitting down and playing the game and, and kind of be able to separate reality from fiction or, you know, like a video game and reality at that point. So it was just a, it was just a different time. So, Right, and I feel like that um, a, a game in a series like Grand Theft Auto is almost too smart for its own good uh, in some ways because the writing is so realistic yet so satirical. Yeah, I can that, remember that, yeah. That the, the way that it uh, comes across depends on the audience. Yes. Now, us as a 28 and a 34-year-old, thir- yeah. you know, we get the joke. Yes. When we play Grand Theft Auto Five, and you have the lunatic radio ads but if you're 12 you're just noticing that you're going around shooting people and still in their cars right you're, you're not um learning anything i would say you can kind of learn about our, our current culture by playing gta 5 because it's it's heightened it is but you're you're kind of learning how other people view the world i think we didn't really uh, mention that um rockstar is essentially a british company 
I didn't know that. Yeah, the other, uh, the co-founders are two brothers from Great Britain. No kidding. Yeah. Okay. I, I see. I did not know that. So. Well, there you go. All right. So uh, that that adds even more to the satirical aspect. Sure. Is that it's their comment on the American dream? Yeah. So, with that being said, you know one of the major knocks on Grand Theft Auto is that it glamorizes violence. Do you feel that it glamorizes violence? I don't feel like it glamorizes violence versus uh, actually just being able to let you interact with the violence. Um, it's it's never something that you have to engage in if you want to, unless it's just key things that you're you're supposed to do. But how's it any different than what you actually see on TV or like in movies or anything like that? Uh, it doesn't over glamorize it. It doesn't put it out there and say, "Hey, you know, this is this is something cool that you want to do," or or trying to persuade somebody to do something. And anybody who tries to say that it glamorizes something. It, there's just so many other counter arguments that you can make that it, it doesn't make any sense. And especially for a game that's uh, so character and world driven that you're not just, you know, trying to dunk a basketball or, or even shoot an alien. It's like you're interacting with people that seem real. So that is a kind of like a reflection of the story's reality more than just, Oh, let's you know, put these uh, controllers in the hands of kids and let them go kill shit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really think that was ever the point. Now, the point is that the game is fun. It's got an edge to it. And there's a lot to glean from all of that. Uh, so another important thing uh, that comes up with Grand Theft Auto, especially when you look at the history of it, um, is how it engages with women. Okay. Um, most of the women in the games have either been wives, girlfriends uh, that are annoying. Yes. For the uh, the male character. Or characters in GTA 5's case. They are. Uh, or they're prostitutes. That's right. Uh, now, there are some exceptions. Uh, Red Dead Redemption, there are some deep female, female characters that drive the story and uh, push it forward in more positive ways. Uh, but do you agree with the criticism that the company could do more to diversify the women in their games? I think they could. Uh, I mean, because it doesn't give you a very accurate portrayal of how women are supposed to be um, acting or treated uh, in the gaming space, um, most of the time they are just strippers or they're hookers or, or whatever they are. They're they're a secondary character to the the male protagonists that are actually in the game. They're uh, set dressing. Yes. So, what do you think can be done to remedy that? Do you think that uh, the best way to uh, get over that and uh, put a new face on things is to have a female protagonist? I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, because uh, even if it is something that's, you know, embodied in, in violence and everything else that's going on, it's it's telling the narrative, it's telling the story. You don't look at Kill Bill and say that that's just an over-the-top, crazy thing. Uh, you say that's a, a movie that could empower somebody, that that's a, a female protagonist that's in that movie, and it's it's great. Even though the violence is over-the-top, you could kind of say the same thing for, like, GTA. So if you if you were able to kind of plug them in, you were able to uh, kind of let that that character explore and, and grow. I think that their best move uh, would be to uh, have a female protagonist in uh, in Vice City. I think a next gen Vice City with a female protagonist would just be fantastic. Yeah, that it would just you know open up so many possibilities for narrative and just a whole new direction. Now, with that said. How do you think people respond to, I, I guess, the original uh, idea of Grand Theft Auto if it came out in 2018 or 19? Take what we saw in Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, San Andreas, and 
apply it to 2018, 2019? Would it be as popular? Are you saying if it if it was just a brand new game? Are you saying it, it, the original game or the game that it is now? The original game. The original uh, game. Or uh, let's say, it, or the concepts of the game. If the concepts of the game were introduced in our 2018, soon to be 2019 society, yeah. how would it play? I don't know. How would people react? Well, it's it's kind of hard to put that in context because GTA has, has set so many precedents for, for how open world games work. There's so many things that people pulled from it, emulated it, put into different types of things, which became the norm and became the... They hit so many good spots uh, the first time, the right time. Uh, the, the right time, the first time, sorry. Um, and it's... Uh, I think it would be well received uh, if we were still on the same track of of people being able to have the same games that are out now. But if it was released now with what it was, it would seem as a a copycat. Well, I agree with all that. But what I meant really was how would it be received from a from a controversy standpoint? Oh, Oh, that's uh, that's we're all desensitized to like violence here in the United States. So are we though? I think for the most part we are, but we're also a, a culture of the perpetually offended. Yeah, we are. But that's only a small, a vocal minority, though. Uh, it's not just a, that's not the that's the exception, not the rule. Well, I actually have a quote from Dan Hauser, uh, co-founder of Rockstar, and he's one of the more creative-driven executives uh, in the company. And uh, this is his quote uh, from a uh, GQ article, uh, GQ Europe, that came out a few days ago. It's really unclear what we would even do with Grand Theft Auto 6, let alone how upset people would get with whatever we did. Both intense liberal progression and intense conservatism were both very militant and very angry. It is scary, but it's also strange, and yet both of them seem occasionally to veer towards the absurd. It's hard to satirize for those reasons. Some of the stuff you see is straightforwardly beyond satire. It would be out of date within two minutes. Everything is changing so fast. How do you feel about that quote? I could see it as being like the uh, the game that had its 15 minutes of fame that everybody talked about. But we have such a... It's true. We do. We have a, a society that's ADD riddled uh, who just want to go to the next uh, bigger controversy that's out there. So GTA could be a blip on the radar one minute and then the next minute it'll go to the next thing. So it wouldn't matter if the game was good. It would just say, oh, Keem... Can you believe that there's a game with hookers and drugs and uh, all these other themes in 2018? And yeah. then we would move on to the next thing. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he even alludes to it in the uh, in, in the um, quote there. Do you think there will be another Grand Theft Auto game? I don't know. They've they've done so much with five. I would think that they would, considering they came out in 2013. Uh, for the modern consoles, is that what it was? I think it was 2013 for uh, PS3, and then 2014 or 15 for PS4. So it seems like we have a nice, a big enough generation gap in between to be able to come out with a new GTA. Uh, people still like the story. I mean, people still like the the characters and, and the way they work in the narrative. I think it'll definitely be a a, a PlayStation Five or Xbox Three. Or four title. Do you think it would be to their advantage to do what they did in GTA Five and have three different characters as the main character versus just having one character being like the the, the main protagonist? No, I, I think that they did a, a really interesting thing um, by creating those three stories, and then at the end of the game, you make a choice on how 
those characters finish it off together. So I could even see a scenario where there's um, multiple female protagonists, like we discussed, um, or uh, one female and two males, or you know, whatever combination. Um, I, I think they'll stick with that because that was at that time that was revolutionary. I don't think anybody's really done that since. Um, if they have, they haven't done it in a, such notable fashion. Um, so I think that they'll do another one. I think it will definitely be Vice City again. Um, or maybe even Vegas. Vegas would be fun. Uh, I think Vegas would make. Now was Vegas in San Andreas though? Uh, could you travel to, to, to Vegas and San Andreas? I don't remember. Uh, it was like, it was, yeah, no, it was it's probably pretty limited. It's a little vague in my, my memory too. I, I thought maybe they had tried to do something like, I don't know, the glitz and glamour of Vegas. I'd actually like to see what they could do with a smaller map Yeah, as well. Because I know Vegas is by no means a small city, but it's not like Los Angeles or New York. Right. Whenever you think of Vegas, it's just the strip or maybe like, you know, Fremont Street and that's it. Uh, it, it would probably have more emphasis on indoor activities. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to see that. Now let's wrap up with probably the most controversial thing that ever happened in the history of Rockstar. Um, I believe it's Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. It was. Uh, there was some uh, hidden code uh, where the, you get uh, access a, a true sex scene uh, in the in the video games. Is that right? <laughs> it wasn't as true. It was fully clothed. Uh, somebody had left it in it uh, programmed. It's not like it was. It showed everything that it was. It was just uh, your equivalent of be dry humping. Yes. In a, there were actual. Uh, federal hearings on this there was yeah so uh, do you think that that um, put them in a position of strength almost to it's kind of like when you put a parental advisory sticker on a cd well, it's almost more attractive well let's say what it was first to it was it was the hot coffee controversy is what we were referring to uh, and what happened is is that somebody figured out how to extract the code from the pc version of the game uh, and then they realized it was in the Xbox and the PlayStation version, uh, and they were able to pull out the whole scene that had been completely ripped out. Uh, so what happens is you pick up somebody, you drive up to their house, and the person that you're with that you procured, she asks you if you'd like to come inside for a, a cup of hot coffee. Uh, at which point that you walk inside of the house, and in the normal game, what happens is that you don't see anything. You just hear things. Uh, but whenever they were able to extract the data out of it, you were able to see the uh, the act of some sort of uh, fornication okay. at that point. Um, and that, that became a, a big sticking point saying, well, this is pornography pretty much in video games, which shouldn't, shouldn't be allowed. Well, from what I remember, I think the big issue is that it, it, it was never passed through by the uh, review board. Uh, through uh, is it ESRB? It was never mentioned yet through the ESRB. Yeah. So I think that is where the major problem is because because really, if you look at other M-rated games, uh, there's sex, there's violence, there's nudity. Uh, God of War being chief among them. God of War Three has some of the most sexual things I've ever seen, and that's a movie, TV, or video game. So, and I think even uh, Hillary Clinton was involved. With this, she was one of the main. She was, but even God of War three though came out way later than whatever San Andreas had his controversy. So uh, slightly more liberal attitude, yeah, by then and, and more experience. 
I think we're regressing a little bit uh, in that area where you know people are much more offended and you know, uh, conservative about what you know they're uh, going to get upset about sometimes. So that's a, I guess my most comprehensive way to explore the history of Grand Theft Auto. Uh, now, there's nothing new we could say about Grand Theft Auto, but what do you think Rockstar has done for the industry as a whole? Well, Rockstar has taking a genre that nobody knew what to do with kind of like what Nintendo did for 3d platformers rockstar did for open world games um every once in a while you'll get that developer you'll get that that publisher who knows exactly what they need to do and what they want and how to program it and they'll keep setting their bar higher and higher and higher and they'll listen to the fans and they'll, they'll they'll realize okay well this this works this doesn't work that doesn't work Without Rockstar, we wouldn't have our open world games. I don't think there was another Rockstar studio that was out there. Without GTA 3, we wouldn't have you know the majority of, of all these, these great elements that we have in our modern games. They, they should be given a lot of praise for, for taking risk and trying something new uh, and really pushing the medium forward. To me, they come down to two ways I, I can describe them. They are the astronauts of video games. You know, they, they take it to where you've never been before. And once they make it, people still don't make it as far as them, but they get close. They, they get a little bit closer. And then to me, they're almost like the Pixar of the industry. Yeah. To where every release is an event. You know the quality is off the charts. Even their quote-unquote misses are better than most people's hits. Yeah. So with that said... If you could um, have any game come out from Rockstar or any of their studios uh, from any series and you're playing it tomorrow, what would it be? Oh, man, that's that's kind of like put me... Out. So you're saying that it would be a game developed by Rockstar? Yep. Okay. Uh, any game that they developed, whether they developed it at the beginning or whether they picked up on it later, such as Max Payne. Uh, and, and to reference Max Payne 2, it was 3D Realms that, that released the, the first one, uh, and then it was Take 2 on the second one. Uh, I know or, that we, or Rockstar, uh, did they work on either of the first two, or was it just three? It was uh, it was three that they worked on on okay. that one. Uh, Underrated game. It was. It, it, Max Payne 3 was was great, uh, and it's it's always a shame that it's considered like the black sheep of the, the, the trilogy. It came out in a weird time. It did. You know, for, um, for the industry, I believe. Um, Rockstar's had a really, really great uh, release of every single game that they have. Um, there's, there's not a lot of misses that they have. But if I, if I had to choose, I would want them to recreate Vice City. I'd want them to make a true sequel to Vice City. And just like what you were saying, now is the time to be able to do it. Maybe we do it with a female protagonist. We can put her in Miami. We can give her the, the Scarface type uh, decadence with Miami Vice mixed together. It's in the name too. The Roman numerals, you have the V and the I. It's, you're already halfway there for the name. So it's it's something that I would like to see brought up into a, a modern day consoles because that's still a, an era that people look back on fondly. And and while Liberty City uh, Liberty stories and Vice City stories tried to, to tell the story the best they could on their medium, it's still antiquated by by our standards today. By about a decade, yeah, at least. Yeah, absolutely. So it would be nice to see kind of a, a new, fresh approach 
for them to be able to take it and say, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do it right with the technology that we have now. And I think it would be incredible to be able to uh, experience what they have uh, in their minds because I think Rockstar can take it and they can recreate the 80s. Uh, they, if anybody could do it, they could do it. Uh, it's, they've, they've pushed the medium so far and, and done so many innovations and in, in everything that they've done that if anybody, I was going to put my money on anybody, it would be Rockstar to be able to do it. And it'd be even cooler too if they could put it in like VR too. So, but that's that's like a pipe dream for me. So, well, one of the things that they're quoted as saying is that specifically with Red Dead Redemption Two, that's not an open world; it's a Rockstar world. Yeah. So let's take that and go even further. I think the true holy grail for them is to create a a game with a national map. So you're saying just make a a, a, a huge, huge world. It's as big yes. as you can. One that goes across states. Not just like one or two maybe, cities. Maybe yeah. even countries. Yeah. So think the crew beats Grand Theft Auto. Wow. I think that's where it's got to go. And I think we might be a, a generation away or at least half a generation from that. But I know they're thinking about it. There's no way that they're not. Well, yeah, it, it, even if it was a thought in their mind, though, I mean, taking that ideal that you have, man, how long would it take to be able to to, to, to make this huge, big United <clears throat> States, if you will? Well, uh, let's say you, you take all the empty space that's in Grand Theft Auto V and probably in Red Dead Redemption 2 and chop it up and say a third's Vice City, a third's Liberty City, and then a third is... Um, San Andreas. Yeah, San Andreas or um, Vine City or whatever they call it. Yes. Um, that's the next thing. Th- that opens up so many more story possibilities you've never seen. Whether you're a drug dealer or a politician or where they want to make you, you're limitless. Yes. And that's the next move. Okay. I, 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 I'm, I'm totally behind you on that. I think it would be great if they did. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're probably about five years away, though. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you, too. Do you think all the Grand Theft Auto games are in the same universe? Do they all exist, coexist with each other? Yes. I, I think there's uh, even some nuggets in Grand Theft Auto Five that uh, suggest uh, the protagonist from 4 is still alive. Okay. And, and still the, around, and, so. and then just expand that further. Do you think that Red Dead Redemption and Grand Theft Auto are in the same universe? Do you think that the, that that was the old West that they had, and now you're living the updated version of whatever it is? I don't know. Uh, that's a really good question. Um, I, my first thought was no, because Red Dead Redemption is a serious period piece, while as uh, Grand Theft Auto Five is almost like a modern day Monty Python. Yeah. Um, as a video game. Sure. Now you could make the argument that society started one way and it's ended up this way, but I, I don't think so, but that's a good question. I'd love to ask that question if we had the inter- chance to interview them. <laughs> yeah. It'd be really nice. <laughs> yeah. So do you have any other thoughts on, um, Red Dead Redemption two or Grand Theft Auto or Rockstar or anything at all that we talked about so far there's just so much to, to be able to talk about this company again they've they've been perpetually part of of the the gaming community and, and the industry highs and lows controversies the good and the bad they're always still there 
it didn't matter how many times that they got knocked down or that they, they were put into the news, they took it in stride. This is one of the very few companies that I feel like could survive no matter what got thrown at them. Uh, and it's really rare to be able to see a studio that's that's able to, to stand up to tons of type, all kinds of criticisms and and things you know pretty much jabbed at them saying you know why are you making this smut uh, and they're like no it's our art. Well, my one final thought before I ask you a one tiny question, I think that as gamers over the last twenty years things have changed, but we still had to justify the medium and explain the medium to people. Rockstar and along with Naughty Dog to me, those are the two that you can explain the medium as art. Yes. As this is where the medium is going. This is the work that people do. This is how they express themselves. And this is where I'm going in my mind when I play these video games. I'm being transported in a way that I can't be transported with a book or a movie or even music. So I think that is their legacy to me. So one quick question. Red Dead Redemption 2 comes out tomorrow. Yep. How many copies will it sell? Uh, are we talking uh, like long term or are we just talking about day of? What I think, would you say? Do you want both numbers? Sure. Uh, okay. Uh, first day, million. Uh, long term, 50. 50 million. Uh, I think that uh, it will do just as good, if not better, than the original Red Dead Redemption. They've. Uh, it's, you could say that they have a lot riding on this, but it's not true. Rockstar has been afforded the time to be able to take it and and procure it and, and make it as good as they can because everybody wants them to make the best game that they can. Okay. My prediction is $2 million the first day, about $40 million total. I think people are going to be intrigued by it, but I think they're going to say, well, it's not Grand Theft Auto 6. I'm enjoying Grand Theft Auto 5 and online, but I think it's going to still be wildly successful. Uh, so uh, thank you for joining us for episode eight of Deep Dive with Dave and Josh. We'll be back next week with either another deep dive or a quick dip. Uh, so thanks for your time.